My name is Sue Ditta, and this is the Electric City Culture Cast. And tonight, we're coming to you from the studios of Trent Radio, 92.7 FM, with a field recording done in my dining room with Peterborough artist Mickey Renders. Hi, Mickey. Welcome to the house. Hi, Sue. We asked Mickey to come here this week to kick off the 2019-2020 I Am an Artist series, and she'll be back a little bit later this month for another project we have going on with our Trent Radio Electric City Culture Cast project, which is um, art and activism. Mickey, I first met you right here on Gilmore Street, but you weren't born in Peterborough, were you? No, I'm uh, from Sarnia, Ontario, which I lived at till I was five, so not very long. I grew up in Ottawa. You grew up in Ottawa? I did. Okay. I grew up in Ottawa. And how did you come to be in Peterborough? I came up for, the, uh, we had family that lived in Peterborough and we lived in Toronto and, you know, you have kids and you sort of reassess. So we, we moved to Peterborough to be near, near family, near, near the lakes, you know. And did you do any of your artistic training here in Peterborough? I have taken courses at Trent with Eric Loader. Okay. I really the famous good, Eric good, Loader. Good friend and wonderful, fabulous person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of Eric as being, you know, just a, a find that people discovered when they came to Peterborough. Such an extraordinary life drawing mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. Wonderful artist from the United States who passed away quite a while ago now. In ninety three. Yeah. In nineteen ninety three. Yeah. So you came to Peterborough. You met Eric Loder, mm-hmm. you took some courses, but had you studied art before you came here? I have sort of a circuitous route to art. My mom was an artist, mm-hmm. and, you know, she was pretty serious, uh, taught at Ottawa School of Art. And, what and, kind of uh, an artist was she? She worked, uh, well, she's mostly painting, and then she got involved in, in textiles mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s. That was a, a pretty big thing, and, and she, you know, she has work in various um collections she 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 was you know reasonably well known for ottawa and so grew up in a very artistic household and then i wanted to study art and my mom said and dad both like no no no, you should do something more practical blah 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 if you can believe that so i studied science and All I right, you started biology. out in science. I saw that from Guelph, is yeah, that right? I yeah. saw that on your CV. But then, you know, as soon as I graduated, it really did not. I mean, I'm very interested in the environment. I'm very interested in nature. But that was not my way of learning. And um, I still consider myself, like, I think both sort of share this idea about exploring the world, investigating things, mm-hmm. you know, questioning, looking into things. So... Anyway, so yeah, as soon as I graduated, I started a, a mural painting company with my friend in Toronto, and I just continued on doing artsy things. That's and, fantastic. And then studying more formally, but I, I never really, like I don't have a BFA, mm-hmm. I just took a bunch of courses and uh, continued And started that way. making work. And started making Do work. Do you remember a moment, or the first moment, or time when you were introducing yourself to someone where you said I'm an artist I would say Eric when you met was Eric the one mm-hmm. who encouraged that he I was um, planning on going to teachers college and he was trying to convince me to just continue making art mm-hmm. and he said 
things like uh, never, never, um, like uh, we need artists. We, 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 we can, you, you may never be thanked, but the, the importance of art in the world is beyond, you know, what anybody's ever going to acknowledge, but it's so important. And, you know, he just sort of talked like, paint like you're somebody, draw like you're somebody, do it with that kind of passion and it, it, it shifted for me you know I really I really started seeing that this is something I can do all day this is something I really enjoy that's very important feels really good change change from more maybe of a I don't even know if it was a hobby before but I just took it I took it it really went deeper so you're here in Peterborough mm -hmm. you're studying with Eric Woder at mm -hmm. Trent University mm -hmm. He makes you be inspired, be mm -hmm. motivated, mm -hmm. he gets inside your head. So you're thinking about yourself as an artist. Are, are you doing something else besides making art at that time? Well, actually, I, um, I was trying to get into teacher's college. So I, was, uh, I came to Peterborough. I had little kids at the time. And then I thought, eh, I'm going to go to teacher's college. It was always something I'd hoped mm -hmm. to do. And so I started, you know, taking some courses just sort of on my way to teacher's college. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so a couple of years before before I actually went. And so when I went to teacher's college, I thought, got to teach art. Okay, <laughs> That's so what you, I got to do. You start preparing to be able to yeah, teach others yeah, to make yeah, art. Yeah. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about what your work was like at the time? Is there is there something that describes it a genre a particular approach what what was your preoccupation artistically in that period? Um, I really like I love to draw, but I really became interested in paint and mm -hmm. and what 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 paint what kind of marks you could make how paint worked how could it be about paint mm -hmm. and. Um, I do remember at one point Eric had said, uh, bring in a picture or something to, to paint, you know, in class. And I brought a picture of my kids and I was trying to, he goes, no, 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 no. Get something you don't care about. You know, you, you, you know, you got to paint your kids like you're going to paint a cabbage, but start with a cabbage. So he kind of, it became about paint rather than the subject matter. Mm -hmm. And I and I loved oil paint, and my mom was painted in oil, so I'd had you know I had some background with painting, and uh, but I really I really loved it. So oil painting really captures painting. you in this period. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I still love that. I, I, love I, I I I love painting. Yeah. So you're going to school. Mm -hmm. You're being a mother. Mm -hmm. You're being a homemaker, mm -hmm. and you're being a painter. You're developing your craft. You're learning more about how to make oils make sense because mm -hmm. I know they're really quite complicated. Can you remember your first exhibition? How did it come about? Uh, I would say my first exhibition was in, in a friend's flower shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I, great. yeah, she was very supportive. Who was um, that? Rambling Rose, Carol mm -hmm. Wimette. She was mm -hmm. a neighbor. And so... Yeah, I had some rather bold sort of still lives, and and uh, and she she supported that, and I got to put my work all over her her flower shop. It was really so you lovely. were painting flowers, not flowers. No, they were more um, veg. It was still lives, vegetables, mm -hmm. different onions. I mean, it was just kind of um, more. I would 
would say like I wasn't doing flowers at that time. Okay, I was doing interesting. More things. Yeah. Okay. Things. Can you describe the style you were painting in at the time? Uh, well, it would be, I mean, somewhat post-impressionist, I suppose, if you mm -hmm. want to label it. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're we're all sort of informed and shifting. Um, so I, I, I just very much about the paint, like kind of a, you know, about surface and about texture. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I was thinking about um, space and, you know, like, I, I, I remember somebody telling me that my work was about isolation. And uh, they're right. That was what it was about. About, I think, as, you know, just transitioning into something that was more, um, about art very internal like when you're working with kid with kids and stuff like you can't afford to sort of so you know just ch shifting a focus onto what i wanted to do and what was important to me so those particular pieces are the would you say they're the first ones where you really get to do what's on your mind to do with the work yeah it just was a breakthrough it okay. was just a breakthrough and it was certainly under the influence of of Eric, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then just you get this wonderful opportunity for the public to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which was and lovely. did you have an opening, or did they just go you up? You know what? I think we just put them up. I don't really think there was an opening. I think we just put them up, and they were, you know, up for a few few months. And, and did you get feedback from people? Yeah, I sold a few, and yeah, people people oh, like your the first work, sales. and it was nice. And I know, yeah, you know, a few people people bought some work, and it was very lovely. That's a, that's always very kind of affirming. Did that inspire you to keep going? Uh, I think I was pretty self motivated. <laughs> I really became quite obsessive about painting. Mm -hmm. It was it was. Like, I just was on fire. I That's what I wanted to do. So great. Did you have a studio yeah. of your own? I did. And that was very helpful, too, to have a place where I could go. Um, Peterborough, you know, little little room somewhere are very cheap. It's actually where the Cur Nouveau used to mm -hmm. be. I shared a, mm -hmm. a studio with uh, an artist called Jen named Jennifer Steed. In the Commerce Building on Hunter. Yeah, in the Commerce mm -hmm. Building on Hunter. It was a fairly, I loved that space. And uh, yeah, you could go, you know, listen to music and, and do do your thing. Get your work done. Yeah, it's lovely. So when did you start teaching full-time? Uh, shortly uh, after that. So I went to Teachers College 93, 94. Uh, and just after Eric died, I started Teachers College. And, and then, you know, I, I taught for a little while and then, I think I got my job at Thomas A. Stewart. Well, I started in '98 at uh, in Port Hope teaching mm -hmm. teaching art and com tech, and then a year and a half later, the boards amalgamated, and I was lucky oh, right. to get a job at TAS. So I was at TAS for 18 years. 18 years at TAS. Yeah. You influenced a lot of artists. <laughs> I guess so. Eh? You figure maybe I don't know. 90 to 100 a year or something like that, you know, or a semester, I guess. And I think of you as someone who not only kind of followed the traditional route of painting and finishing a body of work and a gallery puts it up, but you've been someone who instigated a lot of projects yourself. And one I remember in particular was, I think, at Bennett's Furniture. 
Oh, at Tui's. At, it was at Tui's. Tui's Sorry. Furniture. Yeah. yeah at Tui's. Uh, a really, really original idea that yeah. I don't think anyone else in Peterborough has ever taken on something like that. Could you tell the audience about that project? What was it called? Uh, furniture, Fishers, and Fancies. And mm-hmm. that was, there was a number of us. Um, we had a little group. It was actually quite lovely. We um, met, we called ourselves Artemis, and mm-hmm. we used to just meet and go out for dinner, a bunch of women artists, and talk about art. I really enjoyed that, and we all enjoyed that. And then after a couple of years, we decided to do this. And that was after the... Um, uh painters 11 their first show had been in in eaton's that's right uh, in the windows in toronto in toronto yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway so that was sort of where it came up and uh we we asked linda tui who owns Mm -hmm. tui's if she would be up for that and she was which was so lovely and we i can't remember we must have had 30 odd it was huge and people were quite uh you know innovative the way they hung the work and Mm -hmm. Huge opening, really great. Can you remember great the crowds. names of some of the artists? Oh, my goodness. Well, it would be, so the, the main sort of, so it would be Judith Mason, myself, um, Nancy. Oh. Nancy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Nancy Cavanaugh? No, not Nancy Cavanaugh. Carter? Nancy Carter. Okay. Um, uh, who else is involved? Um Oh my God! And the Artemis group. Did they and stick? and uh, um, God, Anne Renouf. Oh, Anne Renouf. Yep. Was involved. Um, who else? Jeez, there were a lot of people. And it, is of, the Artemis group still going? No, no. After that, it kind of fizzled. That was about it. it I don't know what happened. I think everybody had other things um, going on after that, but. So for people who didn't get to see that show, you you walked into this huge furniture warehouse style building and it had been taken over and turned into this magnificent gallery by these incredible women artists where every single inch of the space was taken up um, by a different project. And I say project because it wasn't just classic kind of studio hanging of, of work. There were lines going back and forth with textile fabric Mm -hmm. pieces on them and mobiles coming down from the ceiling and beautiful installations that crawled up the walls. It was a really an exceptional, exceptional project. And I want to say congratulations because I think it was a once in a lifetime event and experience for a lot of people. You mentioned that you got together for dinner and talked about art. Can you let us peek into what one of those dinners might have been like, what you talked about, and why was that important? Uh, I should mention Nefer, Nefer, Nefer Lewis, Lewis was involved, too, because she was she was really important in that. Um, we, you know what? It was partly just mutual support. I think we were all um, pretty serious about our artwork, and, you know, we're not always in that community, so it was nice to be able to share ideas or frustrations or um you know about our process like what was happening what we were all doing it was sort of like catching up you know as as to what we were doing and putting um yeah just you know 
calling ourselves or artists and, and talking about art. Like it was really like whatever we'd seen, whatever shows we'd been going to, we would talk about that. So we really put that, you know, as, as, as uh, the central focus. So was, was that, that was an inspiring kind of a catalyst to keep on working? Yeah, yeah. get to see how other women artists experience life as an artist or their work as artists. Exactly. It's really important. Yeah. 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 Do you and miss that? very nourishing. Yeah. It is. You work in isolation as an artist. You are working basically without, uh, you know, you're, you're working with your work. And that's the dialogue is in your head. So to be able to to take that and and say it out loud was was really lovely. And I am a social person. I, I do like that. I love it. Artemis, women artists saying it out loud. Nikki, thanks very much. We're going to take a short break. I want to remind everybody that you're listening to the Electric City Culture Cast brought to you by the Electric City Culture Council on Trent Radio at 92.7 FM. We're going to take a bit of a break. We'll be back shortly. But in the meantime, listen to this terrific track by musician Evangeline Gentle, and then we'll return to talk to Mickey Renders again. I never saw this coming You were electrified Stunning Caught you in the bedroom Humming You shy lovely You were something Get over you Don't want to think about All that could go 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Electric City Culture Cast. That was a great track by Evangeline Gentle, who just happens to have been a student of our guest today, Mickey Renders, who is a painter and a real mover and shaker in the Peterborough art scene. She works sometimes with her partner, Peter Barron, but also with a number of other groups, including the group of women artists, Artemis, which she was telling us about just before the break. Mickey, I don't want to embarrass you, but I have to tell our listeners, you have a very distinguished career as a teacher. You've won all kinds of prizes, including prizes for your work as a social activist. And we are going to tell you, we're going to talk to you about that in a couple of weeks, about your activism work. But I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the evolution of your work from solo painting and oils to moving into more multidisciplinary, uh, integrated arts, using different mediums, working in group projects, and maybe particularly about the project that you did at Nuit Blanche in 2010. All right. Um, well, I think it's sort of where I bridge teaching and art. And I was fortunate in that uh, as a teacher, I could always, I, I would never work full time. I worked one semester or two semesters and then I took one off. So I always had a, a good piece of time to, to be an artist. That's brilliant. And it, uh, yeah, I really loved being an artist and I loved teaching. And so I always looked forward to, to my days. Um, as far as uh, working more on sort of issues-based uh, projects and stuff like that, I became involved with social justice in, in the school and always was a good uh, teacher to go for, you know, we ran the, I ran the queer positive space or um, I was involved with environmental issues and global justice. So those uh, lend themselves to working together on projects. And so those projects, you know, would be really fun and exciting and a way of bringing kids together and talking about issues and extending the reach beyond just those students or perhaps the public. Um, and because I like doing that, it, you know, it sort of spilled over to working in community groups. Um, it just seemed like 
it's kind of invisible, really, in a way, teaching, always thought of teaching as uh, when you when you go to art school or take a course in drawing, you often do this exercise where you have these long sticks and you put a paintbrush on the end mm-hmm. and you try and draw like that because you you don't have the same control. You're disconnected. You're disconnected, but still you're, you're drawing. Mm-hmm. And I view teaching as that. Like, you know, my students would be making art and somehow I'm kind of nurturing and, 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 you know, kind of... You're the extension. Doing a little lip, mm-hmm. prodding and, and whatever, hopefully inspiring. Uh, so it, it's very invisible, like making art or teaching to me that seem very related in practice. But you're still um, interested in color. You're still interested, still interested in paint. I'm still interested in color. I'm still in, interested in paint. My uh, focus shifted... I'm trying to think. In 2012, no, 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 it's way before that. 2005, I started uh, really getting interested in meditation. And uh, that shifted. I, I wanted my work being really bold and, and kind of vibrant, use of color. I wanted to retain that, but I also wanted to, I was interested in simplifying things mm-hmm. and seeing where that took. So I, I, I started working more in these color field paintings and I did uh, for a long time and still continue to do work, kind of more meditative work, something something about more spaciousness than, mm-hmm. than objects. Um, and, uh, you know, and then alongside that, I think also I was interested in you know, doing more community-based work. So I think that's sort of become a bigger emphasis, mm-hmm. partly because I'm also really aware, I think we need more art. Like, I don't think that we need less art in this world. We need lots. We need more. But for me personally, uh, I don't want so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's an accumulation as an artist. And I wanted to shift the use of materials uh, into different kinds of projects and in and, and, and different purpose, I suppose, than maybe decoration or whatever. Okay. And that's that's been a focus and it's gradually shifted. When I did my master's, I studied transformative learning, which is a uh, basically just kind of a theory about often using art as a catalyst for, for, for shifting beliefs and values and ideals that are deeply held. Okay. with permanent change and, and that's kind of what I was interested in all, all along this just kind of crystallized okay the, the so this is a very important moment in your practice you take a step back from teaching and you mm-hmm. go back to school to mm-hmm. St. FX am I yeah, right about to that FX. to do your master's mm-hmm. what was the moment that pushed you to go back to school what happened there wasn't really anything. I just had started a master's years ago. Okay. And it just always sort of was in the back of my head. So anyway, and then I decided, I decided, hey, you know what? I can do this. And did it you have, have a thesis sense. project? Yeah, I worked, I did work. It was, uh, my project was, uh, it was called a self-portrait of transformative learning. So I basically worked uh, looking at uh, my teaching and certain um, like crisis points of crisis mm-hmm. where te- something happened as a catalyst for my own personal change and shifting. And I looked at those and I did artwork about them. And then uh, in the analysis is where you kind of see how is that 
how I learned about how that worked, hopefully, so that if I want to do a, a project with people and I want to shift ideas and beliefs and values or, or hoping to, you know, have people sort of gain some awareness about social justice issues, I can use, I, I can. So you have a framework. I have a framework. Process yeah. to, to do that. It, it's, it was always there. It's just more conscious. You're still listening to the Electric City Culture Cast brought to you by the Electric City Culture Council. We're doing a field recording today. And you're listening to it on Trent Radio at 92.7 CFFM. Mickey, we're coming to the end of this part of our interview. Can you tell us what you're doing now and what's the next big thing coming up for Mickey Renders? Well, I retired from teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I am actually going back to school myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it sort of came about in that I was asked to join a, uh, a researcher, world-renowned researcher on waste, Myra Hurd, Dr. Myra Hurd, uh, to go up to the Arctic and work with uh, Inuit artists there and animate the issues around waste, which is a big issue in the north. And waste mostly through resource extraction, uh, the military's been up there and dumped a bunch of stuff, and and of course there's sort of the, the our ways that have influenced largely the culture up there that have caused a lot of waste. So that's my next project. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be involved in First Friday. Uh, well, I know we'll miss this broadcast. We'll miss the November one. Will you be at any other First Fridays? Yeah, sometimes we open up our studios, so we sort of decide the week before. Okay. So when people go to the Commerce Building, they should check it out and watch for Mickey Renders and Peter Barron. Uh, Mickey's paintings are absolutely gorgeous. They're inspiring. They'll make you think about things you never thought about before. I hope everybody in the audience gets a chance to see them, and I hope you'll tune in for our next series called Art and Activism because we're going to be talking to Mickey about her work for social change and her work with communities in the far north. Thanks so much for being with us today, Mickey. Thank you. That's all for now.